First Samuel chapter 30, the first six verses. And it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag had smitten, uh, and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire. And they had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not many, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their, uh, their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David, uh, David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. You ever been in that place where you cried so much that you don't think you could, you could squeeze out another tear if your life depended on it? Hallelujah. Amen. That, that's, when you're in that kind of a situation... It's, it's, it's not a good situation to be in. Amen. The Bible said that um, they cried and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David, verse 6, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I stand before you this day and I want to speak some a word to somebody about overcoming the deadly effects of discouragement. Overcoming the deadly effects of discouragement. Father God, as we come today, we thank you, God, for what you've moved, how you've moved in this service. We know, God, that people have already been touched and blessed in a mighty way. But, God, there's somebody here that's fighting discouragement right now. There's somebody battling, somebody struggling, somebody like David got to the point and place where he cried and, and wept so much that he, he lost power to, to do it anymore. And I'm asking for the next few minutes, God, to please anoint me, to touch me, to be able to get this word out to the ones that are needing this today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. The story in our text is taken from a time in David's life when an instant of time his whole world caved in on him. I mean... God had called David and anointed him, and things were beginning to happen. He was on his way uh, to uh, becoming king of a nation, and he had gathered a following whose hearts were touched by God. And everything seemed to be going David's way. But almost in an instant, his whole world just caved in on the top of him. The people who had, uh, who had loved, trusted, and followed him were now ready to stone him. The Scripture said he was greatly distressed. At that moment, all the dreams, aspirations, and sense of calling and purpose on his life was being threatened, not by people, but by discouragement. I want you to know something today, church. Discouragement has got the power to take you out. Discouragement 
has got the power to wipe you out, to finish you, amen, and make a total end of everything that you ever hoped to do or to be. David had to make a choice. During that time when his whole world began to cave in on top of him, he had to make a choice to either allow the quicksand of discouragement take him under, or the song that she just signed a while ago, he had the choice to allow the quicksand of discouragement to take him under or to stand up, shake off the dust of disappointment, and encourage himself in the Lord because the effects of discouragement are deadly. Hallelujah. David could have done one or two things. I'm glad he chose to encourage himself in God. Hallelujah. What is discouragement? How does it work? And where can it lead? These are all questions we need to be concerned with. It is if it's our desire to overcome and stand victorious when the battle is over. I don't know about you, but I never started in this thing, amen, with any kind of thoughts. I'm not making it all the way. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you really want to make it in, if you want to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant, hallelujah, then we're going to have to be concerned about this issue of discouragement. Hallelujah. Discouragement is that, listen to me close. Discouragement is that defeated feeling which is present when all your strength and courage of soul has been stolen away. You feel alone. You feel worthless. You feel tired, confused, and ready to give up. Now, I'll stand before you admit, there have been times in my life that I've been there. I've been there. Discouragement is like a dagger that rips open your heart and drains out all of your hope, all of your confidence, and all of your determination. In, in short, discouragement is a killer who will take you on a one-way ride down a road of despair and leave you on the junk pile of ruin. Oh, God, hallelujah, I'm feeling the Spirit of God now. That is why Satan loves the weapon of discouragement. Because he has taken out so many of God's people in the past, he is confident that he can use it on you right here, right now. Hallelujah. Have you ever thought about that? The devil is looking at me. He's looking at you right now. And he's got a little smirky grin about it. He says, I've used this weapon of discouragement on hundreds of thousands of so-called believers all down through history. And I, got, I defeated them. And he's looking at you. And he says, I'm going to use it on you. And I got you. You, think, you say you love God. You lift your hands. You dance and you pray. You worship today. You would come Monday morning, I'll open up my amen, my arsenal, and I'll pull that discouragement on you, and I'll shoot at you with full force, and let me see how far you go now. Hallelujah. It's one of the biggest weapons 
that the enemy has. Discouragement. And we got to somehow, we got to somehow figure out how to overcome. Overcome the deadly effects of discouragement. And the first thing that we have to do if we're going to overcome the effects of discouragement in our life and our Christian walk, number one, folks, we got to draw strength from the Lord. We got to draw strength from the Lord. That last verse, verse 6 of Samuel chapter 3, the last part of that verse says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Hallelujah. He encouraged himself. Do you follow that? I mean, he got back to his city, and the enemy had come in. Amen. And they had stolen everything. They'd taken all the children, their wives, and I mean, and just ripped up the place. Hallelujah. And then the men and the people who at one time loved and trusted him and, and followed him are now wanting to stone him. Hallelujah. And David was distressed. I mean, he didn't, he, he was in a place in a moment that he couldn't figure a way out. Hallelujah. Discouragement began to encroach upon him. He began to get discouraged. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that he began also to encourage himself in the Lord his God. He began to draw strength from the Lord. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you plainly today, there are going to be times in your Christian walk that there won't be a friend close by to place an arm around you and speak encouraging words in your ears. Hallelujah. There are going to be many times. Let me put the word many times. There are going to be many times in your life that there won't be a friend anywhere close by that you can see, that you can touch, that you can feel that will be there to put an arm around you and to speak encouraging words, amen, to you. And let me tell you this. This may sound harsh when I tell you, but I've got to tell you this anyway. If you need that, follow me now. If, you, if your total dependence is upon somebody putting an arm around you, amen, and speaking that to you, if you need that, if you rely on that to stand, you might as well hang it up now because people can't always be relied on. But God can. Look at a neighbor and say, God can. Hallelujah. God can. Encourage yourself in the Lord your God. Look at somebody else and say, encourage yourself. I'm here to tell you, church, I'm here to tell you as your pastor, if you're going to overcome, if you're going to make it through, it's going to be cause that you learn how to encourage yourself in God because you learn how to draw strength from God. Don't depend on Brother Sammy all the time. But Brother Sammy won't be there all the time to encourage you. But God will. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power 
of his might. You hear that? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There are many times friends can help you. I understand that there are many times friends can help you and they can give you strength and encouragement. But they were never, look at somebody and say never. They were never intended to be your total source of strength and encouragement. God never intended that. If you are going to overcome the deadly effects of discouragement in your life, your family, your job, and even your church, you will have to be strong in the Lord. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. You're going to have to encourage yourself in Him. You're going to have to stand in the power of His might. Not your might. Not somebody else's might. But in the might and the power of God. If you can't uh, uh, get to that, then somewhere along the line you're going to go under. Job. Anybody here remember a man by the name of Job? This is something Job said one time. 19 and verse 14. He said, My kinsfolk have failed, and my familiar friends have forgotten me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been through times, folk, that the closest ones in my, in my family failed me. They wasn't there when I needed them. And a lot of it had to do because I decided to take a stand on truth. Brother God called me at a young age. I knew I was going to have to preach. And when I, for the first year when I started out, I, only, I preached in, 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 in the things, that, the traditions that I was raised up in. That's all I knew. But because I did have a call of God, and because it was God, it wasn't me, He began to direct me. He began to lead me to people to, give, to help me open understanding that I might understand who God is, who Jesus is. Hallelujah. In the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, amen. And it seemed like every step I took closer to truth. Amen. That was a step that my kinsfolk took away from me. Amen. And stepped back. But I had to make a decision. Amen. Whether to forget everything that God was putting in my mind and spirit and just stand and be the same kind of preacher my daddy was or my granddaddy and his his daddy after him and follow a long line of tradition. I had to make a decision if I was going to stop, amen, do that or if I was going to stand to where God was calling me and leading me. So kinfolk failed. My familiar friends have forgotten me. You ever felt like you've been forgotten totally? Hallelujah. Psalms 142, verses 4 and 5. 
psalmist says, I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. He said, refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I'm here to testify and to tell you right now that I'm still standing today and I'm here before you because I realized a long time ago, hallelujah, that I had to get, amen, some strength from God if I was going to make it, if I was going to endure because I could not depend upon family, upon friends, upon nobody has to always be there, but God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Unless we learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord, we are doomed to the deadly effects of discouragement and despair. Psalms 3 and 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me my glory, and the lifter up of my head. (laughs) Glory. He'll lift you up, my Lord. He'll pick you up. He'll set you up on high. Hallelujah. Like the song they sung a while ago, He loves you. He loves you. And He's already promised not a hair of your head will perish. Hallelujah. Folks, here's it right here. Everybody in this house today, everybody here, call none of us, myself included, everybody in this room today has let somebody down, all of us. We have disappointed and let people people down who were expecting us to do, act, speak in a certain way. We have this hang-up called flesh, which doesn't always consider the needs of others. So we need a God. Look at somebody say, we need a God. We need a God, we need a Father who will allow us to be encouraged and draw strength from Him when discouragement knocks at the door of our soul. Hallelujah. Amen. God, help me overcome the effects of discouragement. We're going to pull away from the stuff, and I'm going to move on to something else before I close. I'm talking about how to overcome, and I'm talking about drawing strength from God. Number two, I want to leave with this this right here with you, that we got to determine to defeat despair. You got to determine to defeat despair. Listen to me, church. Listen to me close. Discouragement sneaks in only after our joy has walked out and given him a seat. I want you to think of your heart as a room full of chairs. And before you was filled with the Holy Ghost, before you became a child of God, the chairs in your heart all were filled 
And one of the chairs, there was hatred, there was anger, malice, sinful works, lust, hallelujah, despair. But when the Holy Ghost came in, he cleaned house. We, we did something several years ago that gave us a breakthrough back when the church was still called the Full Gospel Church of Jesus Christ. And for those of you who have been around that, that far back, you'll, you'll remember that after we did this, it's when our whole church turned around and we started having a move of the Holy Ghost in a mighty way. And it ain't stopped since. But we was in the service, the Spirit of God was falling. I was impressed by the Holy Ghost, and I told somebody, I don't know who it was, I says, I want you to go to that front door, and I want you to open it wide. And I said, what we're going to do right now, we're going to start going through here, and we're going to start kicking doubt out of the house. We're going to kick him out. I think everybody there started slinging a leg. It made a difference in our assembly. It made a difference in how the Holy Ghost moved and people were touched after that. Well, when the Holy Ghost come into your heart, there are certain things that He, God put into place of the old things that used to be sitting there. And guess what? One of the first things that you had took a bowl in your house when the Holy Ghost come in was joy. And long as joy is sitting in his place, discouragement can't not come in. The only because there's no room from him for him. The only way when that discouragement can sneak in and take a seat in your heart or in your soul as if joy has already gotten up and moved out. Follow me now. I, w- I want to take this somewhere. Listen, listen to me closed. Think about that. The Word says, the joy of the Lord is our what? It's our strength. Here we find again, it is the joy of the Lord. He is meant to be our total source of everything. The Lord is supposed to be your total source. Listen, if we look to outside sources for joy, we revert back to the way we live before we got saved. That's the way the world does it. They want joy, they want peace, contentment, and happiness, and they're looking in all the wrong places. And so they go out and they experiment here and they experiment there and they partake of this and they partake of that. And nothing that they can do gives them true joy. And when people in the body of Christ, if we look to other things for our source of, source of joy, we're going to be reverting back to the way that we live before the Lord come into our life. Listen to me close. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got joy. 
it's impossible for you to have a uh, uh, have the Holy Ghost and not have joy. Now this ain't this this ain't Sammy talking. This is God talking right here. This is His Word. If you really got the true Holy Ghost and you got you got joy down inside you. And that joy is, listen to me, that joy is the pipeline by which the Holy Ghost flows strength into your soul. Hallelujah. We get strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And that comes through the Holy Ghost. It's like a pipeline piping it. But listen, there are times because of circumstance because of life, there are times that you need to remind yourself that you do have the joy of the Lord there. You have to determine to defeat despair. Sometimes the pressures and the circumstances of life cover up the joy that God has got there. Just like I mean, God, thank God, He don't pull the Holy Ghost out of you every time you, you make a mistake. If, 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 we, if He did, none of us would keep it. Hello, somebody. And there are times that you don't feel joyful, but that don't mean you don't have joy there because you, st- you got the Holy Ghost in there, and if you got the Holy Ghost, you've got joy. But this is it. You've got to determine that you're going to defeat despair. Sometimes we become disillusioned through difficulties and battles. Even though we have joy, unhappiness due to disappointment creeps in. And unhappiness, listen to me, unhappiness is the seedbed for discouragement. When unhappiness begins to creep in, he starts sowing seeds. And when those seeds sprout, it's going to be discouragement. And you're fixing to get yourself in trouble. But at that time, we need to think of the goodness of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I said we need to thank, glory to God. Oh, amen, I've been covered up. There's been all kind of things coming against me. I've been battling all things. I know i got the Holy Ghost and I've got the joy. Oh, my God, why am I so unhappy? Amen, why amen, can I get, I get peace in all these things? Hallelujah. Sometimes, folks, you've got to be determined enough that even when you don't feel it, you've got to thank yourself happy. Acts chapter 26, verse 1 and 2. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. Verse 2. The first words come out of his mouth to that king. I think myself happy. Oh, glory to God. Listen, Paul had been thrown in jail. He had gone through all kind of situations. Now he's facing a king, amen, that could do anything in the world, amen, that he wanted to do. Hallelujah. And Paul stood there. Hallelujah. And he could have said, woe is me. Woe is me. And had a pity party. Hallelujah. But when he was given the final opportunity to speak, he said, king, I think myself happy. He wasn't in a happy place right then. Amen. Everything wasn't going just right. Everything wasn't going his way. But he had the determination. He knew he was a child of God. He knew he had the Holy Ghost. And even though he couldn't feel it at the time, he knew there had to be joy down in my soul. And he said, King, 
I think myself happy. Hallelujah. In other words, we just can't give in so easily to the schemes and the tricks of the devil to let discouragement bury us. You know what you got to do? You got to go through every day. You got you to declare this word to yourself. I'm a happy camper. I'm a happy camper. I've heard of people that they wouldn't happy campers. God, I'm a happy camper. I know I got I got this bill two weeks due, but I'm a happy camper. I don't I don't got I don't I don't got the pink slip. I won't be laid off in another week, but I'm a happy camper. Everything's going against me. My family's falling apart. People don't understand me. People don't realize, amen, what's what's going on in my life. But I'm a happy camper. I declare that. I declare it. Hallelujah. Because the Word says you are what you speak. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm a happy camper. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I think myself happy. I think myself happy. Hallelujah. That's what David did when he encouraged himself in the Lord. Oh, I've lost everything and enemies have stolen everything. Oh, but I've encouraged myself in God because Hallelujah. Oh my. Sometimes 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 you gotta stand and you gotta speak and claim. I heard this from somewhere not long ago. And I'd forgotten about it. But, you know, churches have changed in the last 15 or 20 years. Even apostolic churches changed. Maybe we need to go back and out of the recesses of our mind Remember what we heard from the old timers and the pioneers. What was it they used? They kept them moving. Because ain't none of us been fought like they were fought. I've told you the early days. Brother Penrod, his mother in Kentucky back in the 40s when nobody in the country appreciated or loved Jesus' name people. Sitting in a little old church house in Muhlenberg County, his mother played the old pump organ. You had to, you had to pump it to get, get it going. There was no electricity. He had to pump it, begin to play. Brother Penrod has told the story many times how people on the outside going by throw rocks through the windows and congregate outside and laugh and make fun of those holy rollers inside. And he remembers a time well. His mom sitting there at that organ 
that old that old pump organ and playing it and the service was going, people was rejoicing just like we had a while ago. About that time right right by her a rock went and broke a set of glass just shattered and went all through through her hair. He said, But mama never she never stopped a lick. He said she began to shake her head and the bobby pins and the glass began to fall out and she shook them out. She kept on playing. Kept on playing. And they knew something. They used something. You don't hear this said much anymore. Somebody, maybe it might have been at the missionary conference. I don't remember. But there are things that those people used in those days that kept them encouraged, that kept them going. And, and one of those things was when everything went against them, when the enemy come in like a flood, they, began, they, they didn't get discouraged. They didn't throw up their hands and quit. But they began to stand up. And they began to say, I plead the blood. Hallelujah. I plead the blood against this sickness. I plead the blood against this evil spirit. I plead the blood. Oh, let me tell you, church, if you don't even try it lately, the blood still works. It still works. It still got power. And you can plead the blood over any situation in your life. Plead the blood over that enemy. Plead the blood. Be determined that you ain't going to be discouraged. Plead the blood. God will enlighten you. He will give you strength. Modernate Pentecostals. Don't know what that phrase is, I don't guess, because you don't hear people talking about it anymore. But let me tell you, it still works. Hallelujah. You got a child running crazy, doing everything the opposite of what you did the best to train them to. Hallelujah. Plead the blood over it. Plead the blood. Hallelujah. The enemy trying to take you down, destroy you, come against you, you plead the blood. Brother Darrell, there's still power in the blood. Hallelujah! Glory to God, there's still power in the blood! I got, oh my. I wish I had more time. Hallelujah. Listen, folks, I, I'll close with one other scripture. And that is Psalms 146 and 5. <laughs> Look at that. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Now, God has blessed us with certain things in life to help us Stay happy and stay joyful. But sometimes, even those things that we have been given, 
will kind of book up against us and not be there. I mean, even a child sometimes that used to bring you joy and happiness could get to the point where that same child is now bringing you grief. Amen? So, what I'm telling you is, mothers or fathers or anybody else, don't rely 100% on your children to keep you happy. Wives, don't rely 100% on your husband to keep you happy. Hello, somebody. I hate to burst somebody's bubble if you haven't reached that point or not, but even though you just love him to death right now, there will be a time that you won't be too happy with him. And vice versa. Hello. What I'm saying is a lot of people look to their job to make them happy, their career. They look to a lot of different things for a source of joy. But what I, the, whole, the whole part of this message today is that Jesus is your one and only source. And if you rely on anything else other than Him, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be discouraged. Let's stand together.